Hi, Kevin here from Ladybird Driving School's podcast. Today, we're going to be speaking with Dane Tai, who with over 5 million views on his YouTube channel, will be speaking with me in relation to the main difficulties that EDT students have got coming for their driving test too soon after finishing their EDT lessons and failing the test as a result. Hope you enjoy it. Dane Ty, you're welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Very good. Thanks, Kevin. And thanks for having me. No problem at all. Um, so listen, it's great to, to, to be able to get to chat with you because I'll just give you a quick introduction. So you've got really over 5 million viewers. You're, 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 you're Ireland's largest driving lesson YouTuber, if you like. Do you want to give me, just give us a bit of an introduction to yourself and uh, then we can get stuck into what we're going to talk about today in terms of the difficulties young people will have with each and how the online world is looking at driving lessons in a different way than, than say, the non-online world, if you get me. So, so fire away. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. So the name is Dane Tai. I've been a driving instructor since 2008. And I've been making videos pretty kind of seriously, I suppose, since 2015, 2016. I made my first video in 2011. And I kind of left those initial videos there and I just kind of got more into the YouTube and I got better cameras and better editing software in 2016, 2017. And I've, I've enjoyed my job as a driving instructor. I still do the driving lessons, albeit not as much as I used to. Um, and my main focus these days is making the driving lesson videos. Before I was a driving instructor, I was a sales rep on the road and I was just looking for a change around 2007 and 2008. So I saw an advertisement in the recruitment section of the Irish Independent, I think it was. Um, ISM were looking for uh, applicants to become driving instructors. So I took it up. I took up that opportunity and I've never looked back. It's, it's been a great job. I've, I've met so many different people. I've enjoyed the teaching aspect of it. I've enjoyed um, bettering myself as well, because I think when you're a self-employed driving instructor, you have to always look at improving yourself, like whether it's marketing or whether it's uh, sign writing the car or in my case, going into the online world. And uh, yeah, it's a great job and uh, I've always enjoyed it and I still enjoy it. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what the next couple of years holds as the driving industry changes and as it undergoes evolution, I suppose. Yeah. And it's, it's like 5 million views. That's, that's serious, um, serious viewers. And, and it just shows you the way the, the industry has gone all online, I suppose now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I'm delighted with the support and the views I get. I would have approximately 120, 130 videos. And I'm guessing it's, it's in and around that I would average about six to 7,000 views a day. It's not as high at the moment because of the COVID restrictions, Overall, I'd have about 5 million views, yeah, and 33 or 34,000 subscribers. I would, that would grow on, a, depending on how busy it is. It, it's generally a bit busier in the spring, summer, autumn, and it's kind of a bit quieter in the winter months, which probably reflects the life of a driving instructor anyway. But it's, mm. it's really come on, it's really improved a lot now in the last two years, especially. Um, sometimes on, on YouTube, all you need is maybe one, two, or three really good top videos that almost go viral, and they can kind of drag in viewers from other ends of the spectrum. Because if you mm. have a video that does well, YouTube is more likely to promote that video and to promote subsequent videos on your channel. So the two videos that have historically done very well for me was 
One was on um, roundabouts, just five tips on how to deal with roundabouts. And another was on mirrors. Again, five tips to, uh, you know, use your mirrors correctly. I think people kind of relate to the five tips because it gives them, you're, you're kind of presenting them with something and you're kind of drawing them in nearly. And when I made those mm. videos, I had no idea that there were going to be, like one was going to get over 250,000 and the other was going to get over 350,000 or, or whatever it's on now. Uh, wow. you, you won't realize it at the time, but it, it kind of grew and grew. And then, you know, YouTube, the, the algorithm just kind of promoted it and promoted it. And uh, yeah, so they'd be the they'd be the, the main two videos. But um, I'm taking a small break from the videos in the moment. I'm just kind of waiting maybe a few weeks. I, th I think it's good to kind of take a break anyway Kevin you know just in my case just a few weeks off from the driving lesson yeah. videos because I can I can kind of link with the likes of you and other instructors maybe do a bit of research and you know come back maybe in a few weeks with different ideas and a fresh outlook yeah listen I agree and I'll, I'll tell you I, I'm welcoming the chat with yourself because really I suppose what what we're trying to achieve and and I, we've noticed it in a, in, in a big way it's for the purpose of this podcast is to explain to younger, newer drivers who are coming on, you know, some of the some of the issues that EDT is presenting and why pupils are presenting, why EDT pupils are presenting so quick after the syllabus uh, for tests and failing. Okay, and you know the the advantages and disadvantages, and it's just to give the young new drivers an insight. Uh, to the mistakes that other young drivers are making and to prevent them from doing the same thing, you know? And I suppose the online world is what I'm interested in. Why we're linking up is because I'm trying to see, what we're trying to see is what is the online world thinking in relation to EDT and the difficulties that it's posing for them? Um, and how can we help through education um, to find a better way or to find an easier way from listening to people who have made mistakes previously if you get me you know yeah so um what i'm finding what we're finding in in the school is that uh younger drivers are they're passing their theory tests well not at the moment but getting their theory test and starting their 12 edt lessons and it starts going wrong right from the start okay and the reason is because the mentality out there and you can get you can tell me i'm wrong is that 12 hours is my target um, I'll, I'll go for the test quite soon after that, but maybe a few pre-tests or whatever and failing badly because they're not prepared. Like what are, what are your, your viewers thinking of EDT or what, what's, are you seeing the mentality is in terms of preparing for EDT and then going on for. Well, it's, that's a great point, Kevin. And it's a very good observation. And it's one that I would, Absolutely agree with. In my case, on the online world or in, in the YouTube videos, like the comment section and the live streams that I would do every Saturday for a number of weeks there up until very recently, it's more people who are who have done the driving test and who are at that, well, I suppose we call it advanced stage of doing the driving test or about to do the driving test or having already done the driving test and they're sending me report sheets. I wouldn't necessarily have a huge amount of I suppose, contact or comments from people doing the EDT, although I would have uh, some, but I would say about 60 to 70% of my interaction is with people who have done a test. But you made a great point. You see, everybody's different. And when you have a learner driver, like driver A could turn up and they could be 
fairly naturally accustomed to driving, let's say. There could, there could have been a farmer or, or, or a farmer's son or daughter, whatever like that, and they're used to driving machinery and they're used to developing their spatial awareness. And they could do the 12 lessons and it might be fine for them and then they might get maybe two, three, four, five more lessons afterwards and pass a test. But you see, everybody's so different and more often than not, people are not going to be like that. That's why the 12 lessons is just a number that was kind of, I suppose, plucked out of the sky, for want of a better phrase. And it kind of is meant to apply to everyone. Now, while it might be fine for a, a certain cohort, it's not going to suit every single learner driver out there. And that's why it's important that learner drivers understand that they shouldn't think of the 12 lessons like a target. Like when you climb a ladder, you have to get to the top, of the top step of the ladder to reach whatever you're reaching. The 12 lessons is a guideline. It's, it's, it's a rough guideline. And they should be prepared and be willing to, at the same time, liaising with your driving instructor to get more lessons in order to build up your confidence, awareness, your clutch control, your steering technique, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Because from the comment section related to what you asked, I, 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 my conversations would be, as I said, mostly with people who have done a test or are about to do a test. But it, it is related to what you said about doing the test when they're not ready. Because very often I'm, I'm replying to people who have done the test, have not been successful. Now, there could be various ages. There could be, there could be young people, like, like you were saying, people who are 17, 18, 19. There could be people who are maybe not originally from Ireland and they're, they're, they've moved here from, say, India or um, South Africa or America or whatever, and, and they're, they're coming here to learn to drive as, for, as part of their jobs. But very often it's just it's, it's things like um, just not being ready for the experience of being tested. Like some people will will be surprised that they have to do, for example, um, the engine checks. I, I'm, I had one person there. I was talking to him just online, and it was interesting that he said to me um, when I turned up for my test, the tester asked me to open the bonnet, and I never opened the bonnet before. Uh, I know I, I was never taught this, I, and and because of that, it kind of set me off on the wrong track, because I was wondering then am I going to have any more unexpected surprises and then there was like when he was asked where the demisters are and how to use the dipped headlights and I, I think although that would be an unusual example because I would assume that most people would be aware of these engine checks it's just an illustration that goes to show when you turn up for your test and you're not ready whether it's to do with the technical checks or whether it's to do with your just general lack of lack of uh, readiness it is going to have an impact and you're probably going to end up spending more money on lessons and on applying for the tests. Whereas if you had done it in a proper, more rounded way the first time, you'd probably save yourself all that heartache. Yeah. And you see what you said there about proper and a more rounded way. You see that the, the, the drivers don't have a gauge to say, OK, so where am I at now in terms of my level to pass a test? And I'll give you an example. So the st statistics out there is that it takes about 40 to 45 hours on road driving in general, not lessons, just in general, right, to be able to be at the level to pass a test. OK, so if you took that template and you said to somebody, OK, so look, this is where you need to be volume wise in terms of the hours to be able to even attempt to pass a test on your first occasion, right? Now, what we're the calls that we're getting to the school are as follows. I've done my 12 lessons. I just want a pre-test just to go around the routes because I'm not familiar with the Dublin test routes, okay? 
Now, a number of factors in terms of that is that is this. Some of the drivers can't get practice in between to, to develop, okay? They don't have insurance. They can't get insurance. The parents don't have a car. They have no access to develop and progress, right? So they're thinking, all right, I've done the 12. I'll chance my arm. I'll send off for the, for the test, and we'll see how it goes. Sure, I've done the 12 lessons anyway. And then our response is, um, your level is, 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 is not great, is poor, and you need to develop that level to be able to pass the test. And some of them are not interested in doing that, and they fail the test and reapply. And don't train in between because they either can't afford it or they, they don't have a car to practice on. And again, booking the, the driving school car and fail again. Now, I particularly have a guy who has failed three tests since Christmas based on the same information. Me telling him, you're not at the level, push the date back and do a bit of training. His response to me, I can't get the time off, Kevin. I'm in, I'm in the school. I'm in, I'm in the hospital and I can't develop. So I either say then, okay, so you do two things. Put the test back until you can train or take some holiday time and train better or else just don't sit the test because you're simply not ready. But it's the acceptance of the driver to say, all right, I'm not ready. How will I, how will I improve this? And it's all down to the mentality that 12 lessons is the marker, right? Now, let me give you a, a couple of uh, pieces of information, Dane, on Poland and Germany, right? So the equivalent yeah. test, now this is for all the sponsors and the parents out there as well who maybe listen to this podcast. In Poland, it's 25 hours practical driver training on the, on the, on the road, right? And then a further 30 hours theory, that's just in Poland, right? In Germany, who's the safest country in the world in terms of road safety, it's 25 theory hours and 30 driving hours, okay? And that includes skid, skid, skid training, um, all advanced driving, motorway, dual carriage, all in that syllabus. And it's about 2,500 euro in Germany. That's why I, we get a lot of people coming from Germany to train here because it's so much cheaper, right? So then we have 12 lessons over here which is a beginner course. And let me go through them quickly for you, right? Uh, EDT1, car control and safety checks. That's a stationary lesson where you really don't move and it's all about the car control and safety checks. So moving quickly, lesson EDT2, correct positioning one. Question three, or EDT3, changing direction. EDT4, progress management. Five, correct positioning. Two, Six, anticipation and reaction. Seven, sharing the road. Eight, driving safely through traffic. Nine, changing direction, more complex situations. 10, speed management. 11, driving calmly. 12, night driving. Now, that's a beginner course. And as you said earlier, there are pupils who will get that quick. And there are pupils who, after 10 and 11 lessons, still can't go out onto the main roads. But yet, they're two lessons away from completing their syllabus. Right. Yeah. So what happens yeah. is that they think, OK, I'm a bit nervous. My level is I haven't left the house in the stage yet because I'm not I'm not practicing in between. But I but I want to do the test because I'm 17 now or I'm 18 now and I can't afford to do any more lessons. So I may as well try the test. And for the listeners out there, the, 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 the young EDT drivers coming on, whatever age, 17, 18, 19, 20, what we're trying to explain to them today, Dan, is it won't work trying to do it with what is suggested in the public domain of 12 lessons being enough, you know? Absolutely, Kevin. And, and as, as, you were, as I was listening carefully to you there, I was just thinking, wouldn't, wouldn't it possibly be a good idea that if the RSA or the government brought in a law 
to say that you could only do your test a certain amount of times within a certain time frame, that might go some way to kind of stopping this needless tests when someone is not ready. Because at the end of the day, they're, they're wasting their own time and money. Mm-hmm. And in a way, they're also wasting the driving testers time because someone else could get that slot that they're getting when they're getting the slot, but not really ready for it. Yeah. It reminds me of a, of a young lad I had there about four or five weeks ago. He was a, an apprentice bus mechanic and he had failed his test twice already. And he was going again for the test. Mm. Literally, I think it was 10 days or two weeks after it was very, very, very soon after the last test. But it, it just echoes what you were saying. He was doing it because he, he, I think in his head, although he didn't admit this, but I kind of, I de- deduced this from my conversations with him. He was just saying, if I do it enough times, I'll eventually get it anyway. But the sad reality was, in the lesson, I had to actually pull up the handbrake on him because he was going through a blind junction without even being aware that the blind junction was there. And he was Mm -hmm. literally about to pull out uh, in front of other cars that he couldn't see. So, I mean, just because, as I always say to people, just because you can't see anything doesn't mean there's nothing there. Mm. And that was just a microcosm of, of him. But in some ways, it, it, it might be a, a reflection of, of the attitude that's out there. Not, not by all learners, but by, by a certain cohort who are, you know, who are only just, they're, they're not looking after the best, their, their best interests. And, you and, I, and I always, I, I hate that. I, I kind of hate that term when they say, um, oh, sure, I'll just give it a try and, and see how I get on. You see, you, you, don't, you don't have to just give it a try to see how you get on. Your driving instructor will be perfectly capable and qualified to communicate to you uh, if you're ready and what your what your chances are of being ready or potentially passing the test. Mm. And, you know, I suppose what what came back from conversations that we had with, with young learner drivers as well is that they don't realize that a driving instructor or driving school can act as their sponsor. And you can actually do like pre-EDT lessons, so like two or three lessons just to get the controls of the car nice and controlled and nice and steady. You can do support or filler lessons in between the EDT lessons, right? Um, and, you know, when you explain to them that, that look, why not let's do, why not fall out of the EDT syllabus? Let's do a gen, general relaxation lesson on left turns or right turns. And they go, can, can I do that? So of course, of course you can. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a general yeah. lesson. So, so a lot of the mentality from the younger drivers is that it has to be EDT and that's it across the board. Right. So, so I suppose that, that was the education there. I mean, Pricing a lot of a lot of younger drivers and and parents in particular who are paying sometimes for this are very very price sensitive and I want to talk about this because not all schools or instructors are at a le- are at a high level right so they're going and we ha- I had a conversation last week with Callie Ann Brennan who was um, who had two bad experiences prior to coming to our to to, to Ladybird right and she uh, admitted that it was because they were cheaper that she was in college and she just wanted to, and she, in the, 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 the podcast, she explains the rationale behind why she went cheaper and how it cost her more money and really mentally affected her uh, in terms of her driving career until she met us, until she passed her test. Because at the end of the day, you pay for what you get, you know? So, so price sensitivity doesn't mean that you're going to get the best instructor just because they're cheaper. It's more often than not the, the other way around, right? And again, if somebody is picking... You know, a young driver is coming on and they see all these beautiful adverts and this school, 100% number one in Ireland, all this nonsense, right? 
What you really have yeah. to be able to do is understand you go to what online reputation they've got, right? How many f- reviews they've got, but not the, not the five-star reviews. Look at their one-star reviews and see how many of them have they got. And if they've got, if they've got more than five or 10 of them, walk away, like, because that's telling you how, 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 how good they look after their customers. So, you know, what type of pass rate have they got? What's the online reviews? What's their, what is their social media activity like? This is going to give you a general idea to young drivers who are selecting a school. Yeah, this seems to be the right place where my type of demographic is, is veering towards, Do you know, as in, as in your, your drivers are, your um, online market is all on, like I was sat in on your, on your live YouTube um um, presentation last week, and I was I was amazed yeah. at how what at what engagement there was on a Saturday at twelve o'clock in terms of what you were actually helping them go through. So it, it just opened my eyes to see God. There's a whole world here of of knowledge of people who ne- are seeking knowledge, and that's the, the purpose of this podcast. You know, absolutely, and it's, that's the purpose of me doing the YouTube, maintaining the YouTube channel, and making new videos and doing the live streams. Absolutely, but um. What what you said there is 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 very very true and and very important about getting filler lessons and about getting like auxiliary lessons for want of a better phrase because support yeah yeah people they shouldn't be confined to the twelve lessons so I I have a I have a sheet that I normally present to people on the first lesson and I would say to them okay we're we're going to tick each box that we've done as after at the end of the lesson so I I like this because it kind of gives the student a target to reach, let's say, and, and they can, but at the same time, they, they can see themselves making progress. So obviously it's linked to the EDT, like correct positioning and changing direction and all that kind of stuff. But I, I kind of word it in less, uh, less complex uh, language, let's say, without, without the jargon of, um, mm. you know, that you see on the EDT. It's just simple things like positioning and the rule for turning right at lights, for example, uh, reaction to hazards. And very, very often, more often than not, at the end of the 12 lessons, even when you get a good, natural, competent driver, we're not quite, we don't have everything on that list ticked off. So I would, I would say to them, without, without giving them any kind of sales pitch or anything like that, I could say, look, okay, you've done very well. You've, you've made great progress. We, we didn't quite get a chance to do uphill reversing or, or some kind of parking or whatever's left on the list. And that's just, it's just an, a, a kind of a, an illustration of how even good, capable drivers can do the 12 lessons, but there's always going to be more that you can learn. It's, it's like me, myself and yourself when we're on either YouTube or we're creating podcasts. We're always learning um, as we go. We, you know, we, we learn from our mistakes. We, we learn via new technology. We, 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 we delve more into the online world. So I think that was a great point that you made there, Kevin, about the filler lessons and the extra sport lessons. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I suppose really the takeaway um, out of this for 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 drivers who are coming on and starting their twelve is, yeah, the twelve is, syllabus is is mandatory, um, but it doesn't mean that it's fixed amount of lessons for you to develop and progress. Now, of course, there is a cost element to getting to that level, right? It could be it could cost you seven hundred and fifty, could cost you a thousand, but like if it costs you a thousand euro over forty years of your driving career that's left, it works out at pennies pennies right and i yeah. think that 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 has to be factored in in that look source a, re, a reputable driving school because 
on top of all of what we've said, if the EDT quality of lessons is really bad as well, then you're on a, on a downward spiral very, very fast because you're going to be nowhere yeah. after 12 hours, I, right? Yeah. And what you said as well about, about sourcing the right instructor is very important for learners out there listening. You can easily, well, as well as word of mouth, like what family and friends thought, you can easily go on and look for Google reviews or Facebook reviews mm. and look at their social media content. And if they have the reviews turned off on Facebook, because sometimes on Facebook, you, you can't edit the reviews, but you can either turn them on or turn them off. Mm. That could be a red flag. And I want to compliment you, Kevin, because I, I came across one of your videos yesterday on the magnificent um, safety checks and COVID uh, response you have in terms of your cleaning yeah. and your air purifiers in the car. And I was really I was really struck by that video, how, how professional it was and the customer levels are so high there. Mm-hmm. And that's just an illustration of, uh, you know, a professional driving school who has their customers' best interests at heart. Uh, yeah, well, thanks for that. I, I suppose we, we, we go into into depth for 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 quality and and reputation and we've got we're actually officially now um ireland's highest reviewed driving school believe it or not. i think we've got 1100 reviews throughout yeah. the different locations of dublin and and and, and areas but again it's you know it's down to you know understanding what's needed from the driving test point of view but it actually starts at the edt because if the quality of the edt is is high level it means there's less remedial work after the edts it means they're on the money when it comes to you know presenting for the driving test and then driving passing the driving test first time so you're actually saving money by researching in the beginning a school that has a the high reputation that can do the edts properly and that can actually then no, you're going to be driving safe for life, but actually pass your test as well. Easier than struggling, cheaper lessons. It just it just breaks down. Yeah. We I feel over over the over the years, you know. And again, yeah. we we spent we spent I spent all my career picking up the pieces from poor poor enough instructing people having failed two or three tests, and then looking needing to go elsewhere, you know. So there is that out there again. But look, I suppose our message today is to try and help young new drivers to have an have a, a new attitude towards what the actual EDT should represent for them, um, and then go about the pursuit of trying to source yeah. the school that can suit them best. You know. Yeah. And the great thing about the EDT, although it although it has its it has its it has many many flaws and it's it's not perfect, but. I always noticed right from April 2011 when this thing was brought in was that it gave instructors like myself who were only a few years into the job then, it gave us an opportunity to hone our skills more and to broaden our skills. Because because before 2011, more often than not, people w- might have come to me in Wexford and they might have got a few lessons maybe to start off. There was no, there was no magic number back then. It was mm. I mean, we could recommend that they needed 10 or 15 or 20, but mm. they'd get a few starting off. More I can remember 2008, 2009, a young lad would come to me, get maybe get three or four lessons, get the basics, and he might come back and he might get two lessons wanting to know all about mm-hmm. the test routes and all this kind of stuff. Basically like a like a shortcut. But the EDT has kind of helped to push that to one side a little bit and has helped me to kind of develop more as a as a communicator and as an instructor. And it's 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 helped as well very much so in in broadening uh, the knowledge that I can give and that I can present to the learner driver because I always try my best anyway to give driving lessons on the basis that good safe driving is for life and not just a driving test. Yeah, 100%. 
actually 100%. And that's really the message um, to, 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 to exit with, Dane, is, is safe driving for life, really, you know. Absolutely. Um, it, it reminds me of a question I had there um, from one of my subscribers on YouTube. She asked me about, I think it was a fairly innocuous question about um, the turnabout or something. And her, her, her comment was that, oh, I, I was so used to doing the turnabout in four or five estates in well, whatever county it was that the tester then brought me to this estate that was really kind of tight and it was on a bit of a hill with a, mm. with a kind of a, a camber, like where it's high in the middle of the road, but then, then lower at the end. Like, and I was completely flustered. I was, I was, oh, I was so stressed because I knew this was going to be more challenging. So I couldn't get it out of my head. And I ended up getting marks on observation and competency. And I, I responded back to her. Obviously I, I was sympathetic and I was saying, I always say that, you know, you can learn. It's, it's a journey, not a, not a destination. The journey is more important than the destination. Mm. But I just said that the important thing for me is whether it's a turnabout or reverse or whatever is to try get practice on different types of roads. For example, for the turnabout, tight roads, narrow roads, flat roads, hilly roads. And at least then, and I'm, I'm probably stating the obvious here, like, but at least then you're going to be more prepared if you get an unexpectedly difficult turnabout on your test, for example. Mm. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I have a question for you as well. And it's, it's, it's my own observation on driving tests, right turn filter lights. Now, I've put a video up on this as well, right? A clear video to help people understand what should be happening here, when to move up on the circular green light. And time and time again, and I don't know if you have ever found this, but it's the one of the main reasons people go down on tests, right? Is the right yeah. turn filter light turn, right? So they're at the junction and it's red. Fine, they're, they're waiting. Now, there's two scenarios. The car in front moves up on the circular green light. That's fine. If there's room, they can move up and take up the junction with them. If there's not, you've got to hold back, right? But exactly, what yeah. happens, right, is that so the car on the green light, the oncoming traffic, there's none. So he finishes his turn or her turn, right? And the, and, and, and the, the car behind, even though the light is green, is saying, I have to wait for the arrow. And I'm saying, no, you can proceed because the traffic is there's nothing there. So you go up and around. And you could do that 10 times, right? Uh, and, they're, they're, you, uh, and you do it again, and it's exactly the same. And on the test, grade three, progress of traffic lights. Have you, uh, like, what's your take on, on, on the right turns at the lights? I have come across that numerous, numerous times, Kevin. We have quite a well, few of those that, here. Why, well, why is it like I think I think it's hesitancy. I, I think the driving test candidate is so concerned about being seen to be um, overly exuberant, to be seen to be taking risks that in their head they're thinking, if I do the most cautious thing possible here, uh, the tester will look more favorably on me. But in reality, the tester is, is thinking to themselves, why is this person lacking confidence and decisiveness here? Um, it's kind of like probably related to the reason why people might go 30 or 35 kilometers in a perfectly safe 50 kilometer zone. Hmm. But it is, it is interesting that you say that I've, I've had, I've come across that on numerous occasions where even if there's no, no, no filter light there, that there's, even if it's just like a single circular green light, the rule is for anyone that, that is uh, joined, just joining us or doesn't know, you have to roll up into the center 
and then give way to oncoming cars who are doing less work and then proceed without getting stranded in the middle. So I think it's just a, it's a mixture of, I think, lack of confidence mm-hmm. and a, a fear maybe of the light turning amber or red and getting stuck in the middle. And just, I think it's a mixture of a lack of confidence and a, a lack of... Um, Interpretation maybe. Yeah, yeah, and absolutely. What, yeah. What, 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 what I see as well is that, okay, so you could have an arrow, an arrow, the green arrow for straight driving for the traffic to the left-hand side. They're actually moving up on the green arrow. Again, grade three for breaking the traffic lights. And they're thinking, oh, no, but it was green. But, but it wasn't green. It was green for the cars going straight. We're going right, yeah? So that's yeah. one issue. They move up on a green arrow. Second issue, they don't move up on the green light. They're waiting for the arrow. Third issue, they're in the junction, and it goes amber and red, and they wait. They don't finish the turn. Yes. So there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a load of different reasons why they're getting marked, but no matter how many times you're, 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 you're there explaining them situations, you'll get there again. And, I, and what I do then is I, I don't commentate on the next one. I get them there, and they'll do the same. One of the three things wrong again. You know, it's very, very it's, – it's one of the most I tricky things come to fix. across that – yeah, I've come across that myself on, on numerous numerous occasions, and I, and I just think in ingrained in the in the learner driver is just that mixture of lack of confidence and fear of breaking the red lights amber amber light slash red light mm. when you're in the middle. They don't seem to realize that that it's actually worse. Their attitude is actually worse, and I think that point comes nicely back to what you were saying originally about the extra lessons, the filler lessons. Because if it's a quiet day and you were doing lights, you might not necessarily have the same challenges that you would on another day when it was busier and there was more traffic on the road where you might get different kind of scenarios. So it kind of links back nicely to what you were saying about getting extra filler lessons so you have yeah. more chance of encountering these type of conditions on the road. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely agree. Yeah. So, Dan, listen, it was really brilliant to, to chat that out with you. Um, thanks for that. I suppose what I'd, what I'd like to do maybe going forward is maybe section take sections of maybe roundabouts and drill down into – into other details, could be roundabouts, could be emerging at junctions. Maybe we'll pick something that some viewers or listeners might want to find out more and then we'll collaborate and we'll, we'll give an opinion-based solution to, to some things like that if you, if you wanted to go that way, yeah? Yes, Kevin, that sounds absolutely wonderful. I'd be delighted to do and, that. And, where and can thank, people, thanks very much. No worries. For, where, for where can people me. find you? I know they're all over YouTube. They've found you already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if they Google or if they site, t- type into the YouTube search bar, just Dane Tai, uh, my name, D-A-N-E-T-Y-G-H-E. Yep. Or if they type in Driving Test Ireland, I should come up there on top. And then they can click on the logo with my photo and hit the subscribe button. And they could also hit the bell notification on my YouTube channel, and then they'll be notified of any new videos I make or if I go live. So, and if anybody has any questions, they can email me at daintai at gmail.com or just comment on any of my uh, YouTube videos and I will get back to them. And if they want to send me their driving test report, I can analyze that. Brilliant. And give them some tips and advice on that as well. So, yeah, I'm here to help. As Brilliant. you said, information information is, or sorry, knowledge is power. And uh, I'm happy to share my knowledge with any learner drivers out there. That's amazing. Daintai, gentlemen, thanks very much. Talk to you soon. Kevin, thank you very much. All the best. Bye-bye. Thanks to Dane there for his very valuable contribution to this podcast in relation to EDT and the difficulties and some of the solutions that we went through. If you need any more assistance or information, go to this podcast, share the podcast, or go on to our Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube channels. 
og de søvn.